Hello, welcome to a podcast, the podcast, the official podcast of podcasting. I'm Lee. I'm Robbie. That hair is getting long, dude. I know. I know. It's really getting there. I can tuck it behind my ears now and everything right now. (laughs) And it's going to get longer. Yeah. Well, partially, I think, I think the stuff that's back here, like down at the bottom, it's going to, I'm going to keep it around that length. Then I just need the top to get down there now. You look like you play bass in an all girl band. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I fucking wish. Yeah. uh, Not a bad gig. I mean, you know, it makes sense. That's a lot. I've been listening to a lot of uh, like a girl rock and like punk and shit. So I I guess it's bleeding into my uh, my persona. Girls can do stuff. It's crazy. (laughs) Who'd have thunk? (laughs) I'm still processing that, to be honest. But, you know, yeah. Some of my favorite bands are girls. (laughs) Kiss. (laughs) Uh, The Rolling Stones. Yeah. Uh, wh- whoever did under pressure. Um, <laughs> yeah, the, uh, the pressure they were talking about was period cramps. Not many people know that. <laughs> you have you have the head of the girl that uh, made an entire comedy career out of looking like Jim Carrey, <laughs> but not the face, just the that just is the head. Unbelievably specific. <laughs> I don't I'm even. Know. I don't it's even to come to back to that. It's been a, it's been a few weeks, Robbie. Lee, yeah, weeks. it has. Lee Michael, it's been so long since we last spoke that in the interim, I applied for, got an interview, and received a full time job that I start next <laughs> oh, week. Where is this job? Uh, Warner Enterprises. Warner. Oh, yeah. Warner yeah. Brothers. Uh, no, we're, we're Werner. Oh, Werner. I thought you said Warner. I thought it was like the cousin of the Warner Brothers. <laughs> is the offshoot. Warner Enterprises. Is this yes. an MLM? <laughs> that's it's a it's a shipping logistics company. Oh, okay, that's cool. So, what are you doing there? Shipping, receiving? Yeah, bro. I'm driving the trucks. You're always receiving. <laughs> I'm always receiving. No, I uh, the. What uh, are your skills? Receiving. Receiving. <laughs> Very good at it. Not so much shipping, but baby. You like it. Yeah. Yeah. Not so much. Mostly. Are you <laughs> mostly receival at the warehouse? You know, do you have any experience in receiving? Yeah. Baby. Likey. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's a good interview response. Um, <sighs> sorry. So logis- logistical shipping. Yeah. It's a trucking company basically. So mm. if drivers have issues with things, they call me and I help them with whatever they need help with is the, the gist. That's cool. Yeah. Huh? You know, well, I, I start next week, so we'll see. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, you know, that's that Starbucks gives you a lot of experience in a lot of different things. Yes, it does. Many things. Mm-hmm. Many things, mm-hmm. Michael. That's fantastic. Let's see. What have I done in the past two weeks? Well, we got a new dining table. Got some plants. That's exciting. Had to take Madeline into the ER a couple weeks ago. <laughs> some violent stomach bug. Um, cool. That, was, that wasn't great. Um, let's see. Oh, my, my mom was in a car accident the other day, but she's fine. My, uh, okay, she's good. my cousin, his kid, my aunt and my grandma, they all had to go to the hospital. Uh, got rear ended by somebody speeding while they were at a red light. That's always, of fun. course, but they're all fine. Um, I guess that's about it. Um, oh, I guess, uh, the landlord could sense we might move when we only signed a six month lease after they <laughs> increased our rent. Uh, so we're getting a new fence, brand new windows, 
and the little uh, little sprucing up outside <laughs> to entice us to stay, which is nice. I mean, yeah, yeah. that's nice. So that's are you cool. uh, you're going to move too? I mean, we might that? stay if that's the case. I mean, I'll stay. It's just <laughs> we we weren't gonna like I don't know. We were only gonna move if it worked out. So I've got a buddy who, when his lease is up in August, which is when our lease is up, um. It's actually really weird. So he's going to do the van life thing with his wife. They've already got a uh, a van that's been built out and everything for them that they've been working on for a while. And uh, they're going to hit the road. Uh, but so his house is going to be up for rent. But what's weird is I went to his house for a couple drinks after work. And it's the same fucking house as mine. <laughs> <laughs> the interior is literally my house. It was Where so it? fucking weird. Uh, over like off Northwest Expressway across from the library, mm, okay. which is a great area. It's it's yeah. weird how so his house is between like it's not really that close to Penn or it's between Penn and May, mm-hmm. but it's like just we, how the street is situated it's literally like walking distance to anything on Penn or may it's like right between them. So perfectly that he lives right around the corner from everything that's over there. Nice. And it's still like, it's also weirdly close to my house still. It's like not even a full mile across the road, basically, you know? Um, so that's weird, but yeah, like I walked, I walked into his house and it was my house. It's just very bizarre. <laughs> so we'd be moving to our house, but just like, uh, We'd have our own, like a more private backyard, basically, is the is the the big enticement. Nice. You know? But if we, hey, we get this new fence, uh, you know, big privacy fence, then who cares? Yeah, but true. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, the other the other plus would be no upstairs neighbor. Not that I have any issues with mine, but you know, it'd be nice. Yeah, it's still still nice, nice. to yeah not have to deal with that. Yeah, yeah um so that's cool we'll see what happens there um watched a bunch of movies let's see we'll talk about that later i watched uh i started watching this new hit show on hbo you've probably heard of it's called the rest of us mm, yeah just ended last week it's a yeah. show about everybody who's not watching the last of us which is me interesting yeah i i was gonna watch it and then it became popular so i decided right. to not watch it and i haven't seen a single episode but of course there you go um, let's see. Anchor got fully bought out by Spotify and sold out. So we're sort of deplatformed here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's the same, but it's different, you know. So now I guess we're gonna officially host our shit on Zencaster. I don't know. That's uh, yeah. I don't know. We'll figure that out. Yeah. Who cares? Uh, good times. Yeah. 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 World's good times all around. <laughs> Let's see. Um, I already talked about your hair. That's grown about six inches. Yeah. <laughs> Is that Give the longest take. you've ever had it? Oh yeah. By a long shot. Yeah. Like not even close. I had like a, a weird quasi bowl cut situation going on in like eighth grade because I just didn't ever get past the awkward stage. Right. Yeah. You know, it's hard to commit to the, the hair when you're in the awkward stage. It is. It is. That's what separates the boys from the men. When, if you can you tap out to, the awkward stage, you yeah. can fucking do anything with your hair. Yeah. yeah, you really have to just completely give up for like six to eight months, which thankfully I'm very good at. So <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you got to really just not give a fuck 
for a long time and then it's you know you ride it out and then it's good yeah then it's okay and then yeah. when i bother to like wash my hair in the morning it looks good now <laughs> when you can muster the energy yeah when i can bother to give a fuck yeah that's cool that's cool um the, this is exciting we decided on a menu for the wedding that's cool nice nice um yeah we're gonna do thanksgiving dinner Oh, really? Interesting. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's in November, right? So it's the week. It's the week of Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah. Nice. Yeah. So we're going to do Thanksgiving dinner. Chew's being cute as fuck in the background right now, by the way. What's that? Well, he oh, sat yeah. up, but he, he was like laying down and like itching his yeah, nose. It was that. really cute. He does that. He's real cute till he uh, starts whining in a couple minutes because I haven't given him any attention. <laughs> Classic Chewy. Classic bitch. Um, <laughs> you hear that? You're a bitch. It's true. Oh, he looked at me so sad because I called him a bitch. <laughs> all right. You should Good be used times. to it by now. I know. I, I call him a bitch all the time. He's the only person that I call a bitch, actually. Oh, interesting. Are you, uh, <laughs> you did. I heard is, uh, are you, uh, ridding, are you uh, redoing your vocabulary again? Trying to, no, I just don't really call people bitch that often, you know, mm. and I don't, th- well, I mean, that's not, I've never like uh, genuinely called a woman a bitch. Yeah, I don't think I have either. Which is that sexist? Not calling women a bitch. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> I think it depends. I mean, some women I know are like de- like more offended by bitch than like cunt or something. Yeah, or like view it as being equal, and then right, like other people do not care at all. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Whatever. Whatever, indeed. I like I like calling people son of a bitch. I also like son of a fuck. That's good. That's a good one. Yeah. Son of a fuck is pretty son solid. of a fuck is good. Cause I like, I like you being like the, the shitty aftermath of a single fuck. Right. That's nice. That's funny. Um, that's a good one. I don't know. Try to about, change what about, my... uh, what about shit of a fuck? Shit of a fuck is good. Shit of a fuck is good. Um, <laughs> I also just like calling somebody a fuck. Yeah, fuck is just good. It's just really good. I mean, it, it doesn't is. get better it than is. calling someone a fuck or any variation of fuck. It's true. You fuck. That's so, I mean, it doesn't get old. It's timeless. Rat fuck. That's a good one. <laughs> oh, I'm a big fan of rat fuck. <laughs> I forgot about rat fuck. I haven't used that in <laughs> fucking decades, dude. Rat fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, rat is another good like um <laughs> another good thing to throw in there. Like a good prefix to any cuss word. Like Yeah. I mean like, rat bitch uh, would be fine. Or rat bastard. I mean that's yeah, a rat bastard. That's a classic. classic. That's yeah. like your dad's rat fuck. <laughs> <laughs> your grandpappy's rat fuck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my god. And has great uses. Great, you know, Very if you're a rat bastard, you're a rat bastard, Charlie Brown, one of the yeah. greatest sketches ever made on SNL. I mean, one of the greatest titles of anything. I mean, <laughs> you're a rat bastard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Rat fuck. Wheat fuck. Wheat fuck. That's a good one, too. <laughs> Wheat fuck. <laughs> so dude, that. OK, so I called <laughs> I called a lot of people wheat fuck. And I didn't know what it meant because what it's the not, a, it's not a thing. So 
It stems from it stems from me mishearing. I misheard a line of dialogue in Malibu's Most Wanted when I was thirteen, and, and I thought that wheat fuck was an was an insult, and I've used it a hundred times in my life. And then I I oh rewatched God. Malibu's Most Wanted with subtitles on for some reason, mm-hmm. and he calls somebody a weak fuck. <laughs> And then I got that, like, you know, that, like, um, <laughs> retrospect embarrassment that you get sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, man, I was calling people wheat fuck, and it doesn't mean anything. <laughs> wheat fuck? I thought, <laughs> I man, I just thought you just, like, threw that out there as, like, a funny bullshit thing. No, I thought it was a thing. And was a what's weird. worse is I quit using it because I was like, oh, my God, what if it's a slur? And I didn't know. Sure, yeah. But it's not, thankfully. <laughs> wheat fuck. Because I've said it so many times so yeah that was good first i was relieved that it's not a slur so yeah. i went back to using it and then i found out it's not even real <laughs> how so how did you find out that it wasn't a slur before finding out that it wasn't real well i just thought about the context of the movie as like well he wouldn't be calling somebody like a racial slur in this <laughs> instance so okay, it's sure. probably fine you know you know so and that and that was before seeing the subtitle yeah, yeah. Well, I yeah. just yeah, I just thought about because oh, I was saying it for a while, and I was like, oh wait, what if it's like you know? Well, I'm not yeah. going to use any examples, but what if it was like <laughs> something else? Not the end, not as drastic as the N word, but just like something really insensitive, you know? Sure, and I was sure. like, oh, maybe yeah. I shouldn't use it. And then I thought about, it. I was like, no, it's Jamie Kennedy, you know? I mean, I don't know. He says the N word in the movie, but <laughs> it's like Jamie it's part Kennedy. of, but it's don't like worry part of the it. thing. It's Jamie Kennedy, <laughs> America's sweetheart. <laughs> Uh, no, but he's like, uh, you know, he's, he he's wouldn't like an, say that he was in the mask too. No, but he's like an Eminem type of person, you know, just like, I don't know. Like sure. Yeah. Guy. He wouldn't, <laughs> guy. he wouldn't go around using slurs. Oh, Eminem, like the, the man, not the candy. <laughs> I see. <laughs> The man. I was like, what the fuck is this an Eminem man? But I was just gonna skate past it. He's like the red Eminem. That guy doesn't use slurs. You can just tell he's an He's like that citizen. fat piece of shit, the purple Eminem. Yeah, that rat bastard, the purple Eminem. <laughs> Did you see the clip of of uh Tucker Carlson getting upset about the purple Eminem being possibly fat and or trans? I didn't know that one of the M&Ms was maybe trans. I didn't know that. Is it? Or did he just make that up because he's mad? So there there was, they like, I, I think it was either part of a, like a promotional video or a commercial. I'm not sure which, but uh, the purple M&M has a song where it's like, part of it's something like. The, I'm, wait, wait, I'm sorry. Is it like an artist, like a musician, the purple M&M? No, I don't think so. I don't know why the con- the exact context of why they were doing all this. But at some point, it's like the the purple M Eminem, who is a a a, a lady Eminem. She's got she has a pussy. Okay. She has a, a velvety, chocolatey <laughs> pussy. And at some point in the song, she says something like, "You know, I just I have to be me. I have to be she, or something like that." And because she used a pronoun, I think Tucker Carlson is like, "Well, there you go. The purple M M&M and M is trans and also fat, because uh, it's a it's a peanut M M&M, and M. You see, right? Yeah, yeah. 
These people are fucking losers, dude. I did see the thing where they got upset about uh, there was like Legos that were missing arms and legs. Yeah, and I guess I guess to show that people can be amputees is woke. I guess amputeeism, like <laughs> amputeeism. <laughs> I guess being an amputee is woke. <laughs> because amputeeism. Oh, like it's a fucking condition. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's like, like, like polio. Amputeeism. <laughs> <laughs> I think got a amp- lot of amp- you got a lot of amputeeism in my family. I, I mean, mean <laughs> you could I guess you could apply that to like the people who want to be amputees if you you know about yeah. these people yeah you like get the limbs surgically removed and stuff and I like mean, i was thinking nowhere of, in vietnam or whatever yeah i was thinking of it as someone who was like wrongfully amputated you know <laughs> like they took off the leg they're sure, like fuck yeah. we could have saved it pretty easily oh actually. no oh like, oh wrong, leg. wrong yeah wrong, wrong patient <laughs> yeah Amputeeism is like if if there's a Venn diagram, you're in the center of where on one side it's like amputees, and on the other side is like you could sue for malpractice. <laughs> amputeeism is what a victim you are. of amputeeism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a late night, you know, like lawyer yeah. ad. It's like some you know, shit that I'd be on like Dateline. Yeah, yeah. All right, hang on. Chewbacca, my dog is demanding to go outside right now. So oh, of course, and he'll immediately. And he'll he's the the boss. I'll be right back. You one second. Robbie, why don't you tell everyone about this week's sponsor while I'm gone? I'll be right back. <laughs> okay. Uh, this week's episode is brought to you by Mill. Robbie, have you heard of this week's sponsor, Mill? I have not heard of this week's sponsor, Mill, Lee Michael. Uh, Mill is trying to save the world one trash can at a time, Robbie. Um, Mill is an exciting new service that you subscribe to where you receive a very special uh, trash can that is for food waste only. And overnight, uh, it compacts the food waste and turns it into a compost, which you then send back to mill in a provided, excuse me, a provided box with a provided shipping label. And then mill then sends your compost directly to a farm. Great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was super into it. Um, but it's like $45 a month. Mm. Like I'm not going to subscribe to a trash service for $45 a month. Yeah, it's a little excessive. I feel like they should be paying me. I'm making a difference. You know, I'm giving my point. compost back to the fucking back to Highland or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> like, where's my cut? Why am That's I paying beautiful. you to take, you know, like, I don't know. Yeah, $45 is pretty steep. It's a little steep, like 10 or 15, maybe these subscription services are getting out of control. By the way, Robbie, I don't know if you saw this. Uh, This is real, by the way. We made a joke. I don't know. A year ago, maybe, maybe less. Mm -hmm. Um, We made a joke about a (laughs) a scheme in where we would provide a subscription service that is basically you subscribe to us and through our subscription service, you have yeah. all your subscriptions. Managed. Oh no. Is this a thing now? Uh, it's a thing through Verizon. Oh God. <laughs> Verizon has taken this idea <laughs> and ran with it. 
and you can now through Verizon, there's an app where oh you can manage all your subscriptions. And uh, yeah, so there, there it is. Yeah, I guess they are. Uh, Verizon's like a full fledged ISP now. Yeah. Well, good, you know good for Verizon. You know what really fucking chaps my ass? That's another great one, by the way. You that that is a good one. That this, is a good one. And it's kind of hot. So continue. It is a little hot. Yeah. Something about chapped ass just really gets girdles my loins, Lee Michael. Yeah, because like what what chapped the ass, you know? Hopefully my, my fucking these nuts. My fucking tongue, boy. Jesus. No, what chaps my ass, Robbie, is Cox. Cox Internet. <laughs> like Cox really chaps my ass. Cox really fucking chaps my ass. Let me tell you about it, Robbie. So these motherfuckers. First of all, I've I've bitched about my utilities before, and I'm going to do it again because of course this is America. Yes, and we're suffering. Um, we're languishing away uh, under the thumb of big tech and <laughs> and others. <laughs> big tech at all <laughs> i mean etc fuck these fuck these guys dude okay so for one thing my gas bill is outrageous okay my upcoming back my upcoming gas bill is 130 dollars. Oh, it's God. due on the 31st of this month my previous gas bill was 125 dollars, and i paid it on the second of the month how does this fucking billing cycle work where i'm paying two bills in one month and it's a long month. Yeah. You know, I mean, I guess February was shorter, but you think that I would pay later next month because it doesn't make any sense. No one can explain it. It's just fucking made up bullshit. And the thing that sucks is it's one fucking gas provider. It's not like I can just change companies because I'm getting screwed by this one. Right. So I'm just fucked. I either have heat or I don't. Right. I'm tempted to just go without it. Fuck it. No, I mean, you know, you're close enough to the warmer part of the year yeah exactly so so that's bullshit okay my electric bills whatever it's actually not bad this month i've it's like 50 bucks i'm not gonna complain okay but my cox internet bill is fucking outrageous so about once a week my internet will randomly go in and out all day long okay it's so that's continuing fuck. Good to know. Yeah, at least that's consistent. At least I consistently have shitty internet. That's the one that happened thing I when I lived there. <laughs> it was still once happening. A week. It wasn't once a week at that point. It was like once a month, but well, it's gotten more consistent. All right, and it's fucking horseshit. Hell yeah. So I I don't even have reliable fucking internet. My internet's not even fast, dude. So I pay for up to three hundred megabits per second. Okay. Yeah. Download. And the key word there, up to. Mm-hmm. I have never gotten fucking remotely close to 300 on any speed test I've ever done on any fucking device in my house. Even my TV plugged into the Ethernet directly to the fucking source intravenous Internet to my TV. The best speed <laughs> uh, I've yeah. gotten is like 186. So then get the, the fuck out of here. Yeah, either they're throttling you then or the cable, the, the cable that actually runs to your house is fucked. It's or it's like really shit. old and like not capable of supporting that speed. Yeah. So, so there's that, but I mean, yeah, so there's that. Okay. So it's bullshit. Uh, it also went up from 93, which was already fucking outrageous yeah. to a hundred dollars a month. Okay. No reason. Just extra $5. Cause fuck you. And that's why. Okay. So that's frustrating. 
So I searched far and wide for an alternative. And there are none. You think living fucking downtown of the capital of the fucking state, there'd be at least one other internet option, but there isn't. If no, I really not. if I really wanted, I could get AT&T's bullshit poverty service. <laughs> uh, but, I, I had AT&T in one of the houses I lived in and it worked pretty well actually, but Yeah, but but it's the poverty one is what I get here. Uh Oh, I you know, don't have the the good one. No, there's no fiber area. and I can't even pick a plan. It's like you qualify for $10 oh, okay. a month. I see. Um it's internet technically, you know, <laughs> legally. We I can't believe it. it's not internet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe it's not dial up. That's what it is. <laughs> I can't believe it's not an AOL CD-ROM. Um it's horseshit. Yeah. I can't believe it's not the public library. <laughs> uh it's horseshit. Uh and so I looked into this stupid fucking fad of uh uh my internet comes from a fucking mobile phone provider yeah i didn't get very far into it i literally was just like is this even a fucking viable option and it's not it's a joke yeah not really uh so i gave up and um i was defeated but you know cox they uh well they know what i look at online you know they have my internet history because they give me internet uh what do they do they put lemon juice in the cut my friend Every fucking ad I've gotten on YouTube or fucking Hulu or fu- any fucking streaming mm. shit where you get ads is a Cox Internet ad about how fucking awesome they are. We're number one <laughs> in customer service. No, you're not. You suck. Well, uh, we I mean, that's the, a that's a pretty low bar. When yeah, we're but talking, it's uh, but it's everything ISP. else. Yeah, but it's everything. else. Oh, we have the fastest fucking speeds in your area. It's, I mean, it's just a fucking cock slap, dude. Just a big white cock slap to the dome. It's terrible. So yeah, in addition to finding out, uh, I have no better option. I have no options. Uh, they're now rubbing it in. And it's just like, God, dude, it's like holding me down and maybe me, making me squeal like a piggy. It's just isn't fucking. The f- isn't the future fucking great? Yeah. Don't I you it. love living in the future? I love it, dude. I love the future. <laughs> love the future. God bless America. God bless the troops. I, I, me and this coworker, which I mean, we don't really see eye to eye on all this stuff because, like, he, for some reason, like, hates movies. I don't know. He sees no value in movies, so we disagree there. But today we, we were talking about, like, you know, all of our loser, like, stoner, video game obsessed, fucking kid coworkers that we have to put up with. Mm-hmm. So, like, at the end of every, at the end of the night, every night, uh, literally right before the stores close and people get the like, not close to the customers, like closed and everybody leaves for the night, they get 10 minutes to shop. <clears throat> and these kids are so fucking dumb and probably high while they're working that uh, somebody fucking forgot their groceries. They like bought their groceries and then didn't take them home <laughs> and they just left them there overnight. That's how oh, fucking that's stupid awesome. my coworkers are. Okay. Uh, also, we've gone in in the morning and somebody left their fucking dinner in the microwave from the day before. <laughs> like they microwave <laughs> food and then didn't take it out and eat it. That's how fucking dumb these people are. Okay. Nice. I work with fucking idiots. So we're talking about how big of losers they are and like they're too stoned. They were probably too worried about going home and playing call of duty to fucking remember their food 
Mm. And then we just kind of went that's, on this that's whole. Po- just as a aside, that's possibly the most boomer thing I've ever heard you say. But it's continue. about to get worse. I went. I went uh, full I oh no, I'm waiting. I'm bracing. I can tell that we're building up to something good. I I bitched to this guy who was totally with me. By the way, we we had this fucking twenty minute conversation bitch fest about Twitch today. <laughs> <laughs> this, this has to be the most worthless <laughs> fucking evolution in technology ever. Oh shit. People fucking pay to watch fucking bigger losers play video games and they do it for hours on end. And I just don't understand it. I mean, I was telling him, think back to when you were a fucking kid and your older brother or your cousins, whoever the fuck, hog the controller and never let you play. And all you could do is sit there and watch. And now think 30 years later, imagine fucking paying for that experience. I mean, get a life dude, (laughs) but it gave me a great idea, Robbie. It gave me an amazing idea. Yeah. That we have to fucking do. I mean, this is like the business to end all of our business ventures. Uh, I'm listening. Imagine a Twitch arcade, okay? So imagine this. You go to the arcade, but on the but the screen, so you go so like you go up to a game, right? And there's a giant screen, and what you do is you put your money in the machine and you can watch someone play the game. And it'll be just like a regular arcade where like you reserve your spot with your with your quarters. <laughs> People like walk up. They're like, is this taken? And you're like, no, I'm watching next. Your quarters are there reserving the spot. You know? <laughs> and people get in line to watch the fucking thing. And so to make it to where you can't just, you know, watch what somebody else has paid for. You get like goggles or something. You get like VR goggles and you pay and you put them on and it's timed. And for that duration, you know, you pick a streamer and then you can watch that streamer play. So you can watch your favorite streamer or whatever. Like, oh, how did how did PewDiePie beat the Kiss pinball machine? You know, <laughs> or whatever. How did how did Pokemon beat Donkey Kong? Uh, okay, that's a better. I was gonna say PewDiePie is also the boomer pick, but Pokemon's a little better. Yeah, whatever. Uh, but here here is I don't really watch uh, streaming either, but I also do understand the appeal. But. Um, I don't. I, t- I tell you what, though, if uh, there's a bar there and maybe food, 100% that would work. Yeah, of course. 100%. Yeah. No, all you need is a fucking Cheetos vending machine and a big monster <laughs> energy fridge. See, now I'm going full fucking boomer here, but yeah. I don't care. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this stuff is stupid as hell, dude. I don't. Uh, Some of it is. Some of it is very dumb. Yeah, whatever. Uh, so part of how this started was because, um, well, a, we were talking about the loser kids we work with, but also my coworker was saying that a doctor that his wife works for, um, his son does Twitch and makes like twice the income <laughs> as the fucking dad. Who's a doctor. Oh yeah, dude. You can make and a lot of just money. Like, wow. It's crazy, dude. It's fucking crazy. You know, only only fans I can understand. At least there's value in that because it's like, <laughs> <laughs> at least there's like a tangible. Like I get it, I get it, I get why. I mean, oh man, I get it, but I don't. I don't get why. Like I don't get simping or like oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pay for these feet pics or whatever. 
but I, I get it in the, in the sense that it's like, uh, you know, I mean, people, people have been obsessed with sex since the dawn of time, despite what the Bible tells you. And so I understand that, but I don't understand the obsession with like, I'm going to pay to watch somebody play a video game for eight hours. And- well, you don't necessarily have to pay them. I think streamers can right. set different r- rules for their streams that can like vary, but usually to at least watch it's free. And then sometimes if you want to like engage in chat or something, there might be a, some kind of paywall there, but even then sometimes. Not right. Always. I don't, I don't mean like there's a fee to watch it happen. I just mean like that people just throw money at them. Yeah. I mean, these, these people earn a, earn beyond a living wage to just fucking play video games. Oh yeah. So these people are fucking millionaires. Some of them. Yeah. And it's literally like fucking crowdfunded fame. It's bullshit. And it's fucking, I don't know. Anyways. Yeah. I mean, some of it is really fucking terrible. Yeah. Let's watch. Let's talk about something that doesn't crush my soul. Robbie, let's talk about a movie called martyrs. (laughs) Something a little more uplifting. Did you watch this movie? Oh man. Lee Michael. I got to tell you, you really outdid yourself with this one. You fucking ruined my day with this movie. And I am not, I, Lee Michael, this, I don't even know where to begin. I have never, and this is not a bit, I've this, I'm not, this is not hyperbolic. I have never been this upset by a movie before. I have fucking, I'm going to talk with my therapist about this on Saturday. This movie made me so upset. I didn't even finish it. Oh my God. Really? You missed the best part then. I stopped when she finds the chick in the basement and puts her in the bathtub. That's where I stopped. Oh, and I looked, I look, I know what happens in the rest of the movie. I read the plot synopsis and I made the right, right choice by no. stopping because I would not have been able to fucking handle any of the rest of it. Wow. You, wow. You missed a lot then. You yeah. I like know what happens. Thirds of the I, movie. <laughs> I, I, that's right at about the halfway point is where I stopped. I wow. looked up. I looked up everything that happens in the analysis and everything. Yeah, but you got to so experience it, dude. It's like I so really don't. I really don't. I really don't. Lee Michael is the thing. I really don't need to experience oh. it, Lee Michael. I That's will crazy. never watch this movie ever again. It upset That's, me so much. You know what's funny, Robbie? Is I was expecting you to be like, yeah, it really wasn't that bad. I think you oversold it. <laughs> I I don't know what it was because here's the because like it's really not. It's upsetting, in a, I guess, a different way than a movie. It's not like, as you know, vi- put- it's not as like graphically violent as I was expecting it to be. I mean, it is sure. It, no, it's <laughs> the it's pretty fucking no. I know, but violent. it's not like it's not like as much guts and gross shit as I was expecting. It's not that kind of violence of like Saw or something or like Hostel. No, like, yeah, yeah, it isn't. Yeah, it's not. I mean, yeah, like it's not like it wouldn't be fair to call it torture porn, even though it's sort of adjacent to it but there's it's i mean it's about yeah, torture it, it, but it's not it's torture above porn it's yeah yeah it's much more profound and like <laughs> it's like a and, real yeah. movie yeah. where you know it's, it's a real movie that's really well made like the effects work is fucking incredible and i the concept is interesting but it, it was just too hard for me to watch <laughs> yeah that's man okay yeah so obviously yeah if, if it upset you that bad but dude the I'll say the final like 20 minutes of this movie fucking just kind of blew my mind where it goes <laughs> and we'll talk about it. I'll exp- yeah, yeah. I know you read the synopsis, but I don't know. I looked at like analysis and stuff. Of it okay. Too. Well, I don't, so, know, like, I, I don't know. I, how- I understand the concept and, and all that. Yeah. The concept, but I don't know if it, 
goes into like what happens visually <laughs> with this movie. It goes like full I mean, Hellraiser I, at the end. Oh yeah, no, I got that. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, okay. I was like, I don't need to see this chick get flayed. I don't. Okay, all right, all right. Let's I, talk about it. I don't it. need to see that. Let's talk about it. Uh, we'll, I'll just give a full rundown of the plot because spoilers, but no, you don't need to watch it. I mean, I don't know. I I think it's a great movie. Um, no, it is. It's undeniably very well made, and it's just deeply fucking upsetting. So I'll, I'm going to preface it with this. So Martyrs is a film that came out in 2008 and was immediately a big deal. It was immediately became one of the most controversial horror films of all time. It was called like the most disturbing movie ever made. Um, it had this immediate reputation about it. Um, and yeah, it was kind of lumped in with all that torture porn shit. Uh, it was part of the like new wave of French extremity shit, like extreme. I forgot what it was called. It's like the extreme horror, whatever the fuck. Yeah. Um, that came out of French cinema. There's other movies like, um, oh, I'm blanking on it. Uh, there was a move. It doesn't matter. Oh, how tension is another one. That's like. It translates to high tension. That's another one that was like kind of infamous around the time. Um, and yeah, it kind of got panned critically, I think, at the time it came out. But I think people now that they're kind of over the shock value of how disturbing the movie is, see the merit in the artistic aspects of it, which it is a very thoughtful film that has a message and isn't just about blood and guts. Like a yeah, lot there's, of the, there's a, a point to everything that happens. It's not like hostile where it's just like Eli Roth is like some, he's like the Zack Snyder of fucking horror dude bros. <laughs> like if, if Quentin Tarantino was as dumb as Zack Snyder, then we'd have that's Eli, Eli Roth. Roth. Okay. Yeah. Um, so it's not that there's more to it than that, but the film is about, um, Again, just full spoilers. Fuck it. Nobody's going to watch this. It's no. hard to even find. So whatever. Um, but it's about these two girls, Anna and Lucy, uh, who grew up together in this like sort of orphanage type group home setting. Uh, Lucy was abducted as a very young child and subjected to torture and all kinds of horrible things. She managed to escape. She ends up at this home and Anna befriends her and takes care of her. They become inseparable until Lucy escapes the group home, which is never really, it just kind of happens. Yep. Uh, and then we fast forward to um, a nice little nuclear family kind of in the upper middle class. Um, yeah. They're like rich, but probably not like fuck you rich. They're not like 1% are rich, but they're a wealth, a wealthy upper middle class family. Perfect. You know, 10 year 10 12 year old daughter 18 year old son they're enjoying their breakfast on a sunday morning uh there's a knock at the door and when it's answered everybody in the family is brutally massacred uh by lucy um it turns out that these that are was the a pretty people- good scene i enjoyed that scene yeah it was that great was um so lucy has basically just become the terminator uh she has tracked down the people that abducted her and abused her and kills them for revenge even their kids she then calls Anna to come help her clean up the mess. Anna doesn't fully realize that Lucy's like killed everybody until she gets there and sees it all. Uh, so they start to clean up the mess. 
then the one the one issue I have with the movie is there's this kind of fake out thing where they're trying to make you think there's this there's like girl. a demonic force type thing following Lucy around. Yeah, there's this like monster which from girl. the which from the get go I already knew what its purpose was, which. Right. Yeah, it, it doesn't. It doesn't seem like it comes up again. Like that whole idea doesn't really come up again. Well, it does it after the, she dies. It does at the it does. end. It does it. It's yeah. It's mentioned later. Um, what that is, but yeah, she basically sees this demonic monster girl that um is attacking her. She thinks it's a captive that's with that's in the house. Um, so she's trying to reason with her at first and say like, "Oh no, I killed them. You're safe," but it won't go away. Um. And then Lucy eventually realize, realizes that even though she killed her abductors and her abusers, she will always live with this trauma. She can't get over it. And so she kills herself. Yes. Um, and then, oh, mean, meanwhile, before that happens, it's revealed that the mom actually didn't die. She survived her gunshot wounds. <laughs> and so Anna's trying to help her escape. Uh, Lucy then bashes her brains in and finishes the job and then kills herself. Uh, and then... Anna, who is kind of doubting that this was actually the abusers, that maybe Lucy made a mistake or had like some psychosis. Um, it turns out that Lucy did find the right people because it turns out there's a girl trapped in a secret room under the house that yeah, like Anna a giant ac- bunker. Yeah, Anna accidentally discovers as pa- a passageway. Uh, she tries to help the girl escape, which is just made my skin crawl, dude. This girl Awful. is. <laughs> fucking awful she's uh she's got oh a, a metal blindfold that's drilled into her head and yep. a chastity belt basically and she's yeah. wrapped in like barbed wire around her waist yeah. covered in like cuts and sores and bruises and yeah lesion all kinds of just horrible stuff awful so, and she's so, mute basically just like making random noises yeah she's like feral i mean she's been down yeah, there for yeah. who knows how long and um so anna tries to help her gives her a bath uh rips these like nails out of the blindfold that were nailed into her skull. That was horrible. Uh, and then uh, these people in suits show up and blow her brains out and ask Anna, Hey, who the fuck are you? And who's that dead girl on the couch? Uh, and then just kind of pick up Anna and take her down to the room and imprison her there. And I'm assuming that's where you tapped out more or less. Uh- I tapped out before they even before those people even show up. But yes, and I, I'm aware that that happened probably five minutes after I stopped watching. Yeah. OK, so, yeah, I mean, all this stuff with like killing the family and then finding this girl. I mean, it's brutal. It, I mean, ha- the first half of this movie is just like nonstop screaming and blood. And I mean, it's a hard watch and it's it's like fairly realistic violence. You know, it's not like over the top to where it's kind of goofy. I mean, it's like pretty visceral. And like you said, the, the um, effects work is really good. All the makeup is really good. The gore effects are very realistic on purpose. And I mean, it's like, yeah, it's, it's fucking uh, disturbing, honestly. Um, But this is where the movie takes a huge turn and we start to get an idea of like what the actual point is and where it's going. Um, and it just becomes more brutal, but in a different way. So Anna's captured and taken downstairs and we are introduced to a character named Mademoiselle, who is the head of this secret organization of people. And they have this mission 
which is that they are trying to create martyrs so that they can get a glimpse into the afterlife. And so the whole idea is that, you know, anybody can be a victim and sort of everyone in some way or another is a victim. So what they're doing is they're abducting these people who are very innocent, um, like, you know, kind of, I don't know, just like innocent, defenseless people. And they are torturing them uh, as much as they possibly can without killing them to sort of take them to the brink of death and hope that they have this like religious experience that comes with being a true, like in the biblical sense, martyr. Yeah. It's yeah. The idea mirrors what happened with a lot of saints and Catholic canon where they achieved some sort of transcendence through the horrific suffering that they incurred. Right. So they, in their eyes are these noble people that are just doing what has to be done so that they can answer questions about life. It's basically it. Like we want to know what the meaning of life is. If there is no meaning to what we're doing, then like, fuck that. Right. So now that, um, the girl that they were originally trying to turn into a martyr has been killed because she escaped and Lucy's dead. They have no choice but to turn Anna into their hopeful martyr. And oh boy. Yeah. The next 10 minutes or so is not ideal. Uh, Anna just being like woken up and beaten and it's, it's all horrible. Just like getting the shit beat out of her every day. They shave her hair and just kind of subject her to torture uh, which culminates in, yeah, a very interesting turn. Kind of, like I said, this Hellraiser thing where uh, she is take, she finally, she reaches some sort of enlightenment before like the really, really terrible stuff happens. So she's beaten to the point where like she can't see or anything. Her eyes are swollen shut. And she kind of sees this like ghost version of Lucy. And she asks like, how how did you survive all this time? How did you get through all this? And she's like, you have to let yourself go and just completely like get over fear. And like, you kind of transcend in a way on your own by just like not really giving up, but giving in and just kind of acceptance of what's happening. So she just kind of like stops giving a shit that any of this is happening to her. So they kind of realize that she's ready for the next phase. And so the next phase is, uh, they remove all of her skin <laughs> except for her face and just kind of hang her there. And she does indeed reach enlightenment and she does indeed become a martyr. They bring in Mademoiselle who asks her, what did you see? And we get this, this really cool scene actually where, so like I said, she looks like a Hellraiser character. She has right. no skin. It's fucking insane looking. I mean, the makeup and, effects work is an incredible and also horrific. Uh, and she's kind of staring off to the side and we get this really cool trippy scene where we like go into her eye and it doesn't explicitly show like what she's seeing. It just kind of, we just get this really trippy thing of like these colors and it, I mean, it indicates that there's some sort of transcendence. Mm-hmm. It's really cool the way they do it. So then they bring in Mademoiselle and she's like, what did you see? And so Anna tells her, which of course we don't hear. It's a secret. Uh, Then Mademoiselle calls for a meeting of all these members of the society. So they all show up and it kind of looks like they're having a wake, uh, even though Anna's still alive. And uh, 
this guy comes out and he's like, yeah, so, you know, at Anna reached martyrdom and she told us what she saw. She told Mademoiselle, Mademoiselle's going to come out and share what we've learned and all this. And so the guy goes back to get Mademoiselle and uh, she says something like, you know, do you, do you believe in the afterlife? Like, do you know what there is after this? And he's like, no, you know, I don't really know. I'm not sure. And she says, well, keep doubting. And then she blows her brains out and the movie ends. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's fucking awesome. Uh, yeah. Good times. Great, great shit. So <laughs> how did you, so it kind of sucks that you didn't finish it. Cause we can't really like, you know, talk about what we think happened. Cause it, it is kind of like a, a debated ending. It's not right. really clear. What as the far as is. what she saw was good or bad or whatever. Or yeah. Or if there's, if there is an afterlife, there's one right. reading, which is so dark, which is that there's nothing. So she realized that like this whole society and everything she's trying to do and achieve is pointless. So she just kills herself. Right. Can't reconcile uh, what they did relative to yeah. the fact that there is nothing. Yeah. Yeah, but the director, I mean, he's never said explicitly, like, this is what it's about. He's kind of made allusions. And that doesn't really fit with his whole idea of what the movie's about. So I watched an analysis, too, because I was like, that's kind of what I thought it was, because I'm a pessimist. <laughs> but <laughs> apparently the idea is, like, if she if she were to tell the society what there is afterwards then it defeats the purpose of living. And it's kind of like, if you know that it's one thing to think there's a meaning to life and to strive to have a purpose, but to know what it is to have this like sense of predestination would kind of just like totally undo the whole point of everything. And so she ends her life knowing that, knowing that there's no reason to go on because she herself has sort of been enlightened just by knowing whatever's next, you know? Right. And it's great. That's, you know, it's pretty good stuff. Yeah. No, I mean, the, the concept <laughs> is, is uh, interesting. Uh, it, it also just happens that I absolutely fucking despise the packaging. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 It's, it's a rough ride, man. That's for sure. But, Oh boy. It was quite the bucking Bronco. Let's just say that. Yeah. I've, I've never, I have never stopped a movie before because it upset me in that way. Like I've stopped yeah. stuff cause it was bad. Right. Yeah, of course. Yeah. But like, you know, it, it's, I guess there's just something about it, I guess that got to me because it, it isn't really, I think conceptually any more upsetting than like possessor. No but I'm able to stomach possessor much more easily than this for whatever reason. Yeah. Maybe it's just more of the psychological stuff sits better with me than torture stuff, which I've never really, I, I, even though I do have a very high tolerance for like graphic violence in the media that I consume, uh, torture is one that I do not do super well with. Yeah. I have a pretty low tolerance for it. Yeah. For, it's hard. Uh, it's hard that. to watch for sure. And the, I think, it's so effective. Like I said, it's, I mean, it's a, it's a very violent movie for sure, but it's not, you know, it's not like blood and guts. Like some of these movies, it's not like, you know, saw where someone gets twisted. Yeah. To the but point that's where their also, organs fall out. Right. But then that's also <laughs> so like over the top 
Exactly. You that's know? what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. That that like that like doesn't stick with me. Or even in the case right. of something like uh like a cannibal holocaust, where it's like, yeah. all right, you're like pretty deliberately trying to be shocking here. Like I can see what's going on behind the veil. Right. You know? Yeah. It's that's what I'm saying is like it's so it's so visceral, but even though it is I slight even though it is like a supernatural thing at the end and uh y- you know at these weird and then there's these hallucinations which I forgot to explain which I'll do briefly but uh even though it is this heightened sense of reality it there is something so realistic in in how it's portrayed that it's like yeah it's so shocking and so upsetting and it it is one of those things like there's so much just like hopelessness and despair for so much of it that by the time you get to a point where you understand the meaning of it all and like all the, you know, what they're going for, it's like you, you've either, you've either toughed it out like I did, or you just couldn't handle it and you walked away from it, but it is very effective. That's for sure. I mean, it was pretty fucking disturbing to sit through. Um, But yeah, so the point with all, with the demon girl, which, um, I thought at first, like I said, that was my one biggest issue at the movie is like, you know, that it's some kind of hallucination or it's not really happening. Yeah. And that she's actually just doing it to herself. Yeah. I mean, I thought it was going to be a dream, which was really going to piss me off. And I thought when the mom woke back up, I thought that was a dream too. And I'm glad that none of that was, but the thing yeah. with the demon girl thing is that when you reach there's like this weird threshold where you're almost a martyr, but not quite, but you've kind of given yourself up to it. You do hallucinate these things that are kind of in between the realms or whatever, I guess. Mm -hmm. So you see things that aren't there and it's like you're once you, it's basically a near death experience is what it is. When, when you've had a near death experience, you can kind of bring these things from the other side back with you and see them, Mm. but you haven't reached the enlightenment of a martyr. So you haven't seen the full afterlife. So yeah, the demon was this like thing that follows her and is with her that she can never get rid of because she's been to the other side and seen it and brought it back. Basically the way it's explained. I mean, it makes total sense in the movie. Yeah. You know, a metaphor for trauma and how you carry it with you and all. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, it's good. Good movie. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Just nobody ever watch it. <laughs> please, please don't. Just don't subject yourself to that. Oh yeah, definitely God. don't. Definitely don't do that. Yeah. Yep. Well, Robbie, the the Academy Awards was Sunday. What Viewership was Academy Awards. It was Sunday. Viewership was up twelve percent from last year. <laughs> Great. Or maybe it was cool. 18%. Good for, good for them. I think there was 12 million viewers, which was up 18% from last year. Mm. Yeah. Brandon Fraser got his uh, participation trophy. That was nice. Uh, <laughs> his, his, hey, sorry for that thing uh, award. Sorry uh, for that thing? What thing? You know, when he was came out, of, he came out about being sexually harassed and then was blacklisted from Hollywood. Oh, yes, yes. uh, I see. I see. So that was like a whole, hey, sorry about the whole assault thing. Here's this. Hope you feel better. You know, that was nice. Good for him. Consolation prize. That's what they call it. (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, let's see. Um, Everything Everywhere won a lot of awards. Indeed, it did. Just a few it didn't quite deserve. You know, I don't know about Best <laughs> Actress for Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah, I was kind of surprised. That one seemed like another like, yeah, you probably should have won this by now. So we'll give it to you yeah. for this. I love when they confuse Oscars and Lifetime Achievement Awards. I love when they mix those <laughs> up and give the Oscars to the Lifetime Achievement people. Yeah, I was very surprised. I think even she didn't really expect to uh, to get that one. No, she did give a nice speech. I liked it. I mean, I like Jamie Lee Curtis, so I'm happy for her. But yeah, yeah. That's not, I mean, it's not like I would have given it to Angela Bassett for Wakanda Forever. Yeah, not for that. Not for that role. It's like, congrats. You did a really good job when you dropped dead. Here you go, ma'am. <laughs> that was nice how you did that. Um, Michelle Yeoh. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, I haven't seen Tar. I really want to watch Tar. Yeah, I that didn't win like any awards. It was up for every award. <laughs> uh, so that might have been a snub. I don't know. Um, that's another that's another like lifetime. I know, some people thing. some people didn't really didn't like tar. So I yeah, because they're losers. They're, oh, it's about <laughs> oh, it's about a conductor. Ooh, oh, it's it's long. Known, it's about a scissoring conductor. Ooh. <laughs> sure, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, she, she kisses ladies in that, I think. Mm. Well, hey, yeah. lady. We love gender politics. Um, and then um, <laughs> let's see, All Quiet on the Western Front. That won a lot yep. of awards. Took some stuff home. A lot of stuff. A lot of stuff. Uh, cinematography. Uh, so. Score. Uh, adapted screenplay. Yeah. Big award. Big awards night. Huge. Them. Huge. Tremendous. Okay. We love the, uh, we love the Western Front. Okay. <laughs> We love it just to the side of the Tallahassee Trail. Okay, it's beautiful. <laughs> love it in the trenches. <laughs> May say my uncle developed the nuclear bomb that was dropped on the Western Front. Okay, <laughs> I I do I did miss Donald Trump's uh, post Oscars rant. Remember oh, I didn't that know that he had one. Well, when Parasite won, he went on this big woke tirade about yeah. We can't be giving things to Korea again. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, there's none of that. Uh, less crying about the Oscars being woke, which I'm surprised because all of Jimmy Kimmel's jokes were about like the GOP and Will Smith. <laughs> I do. I did. I did appreciate that. Uh, I saw little bits and pieces of it, uh, and I do appreciate that Jimmy Kimmel still has largely open contempt for having that job and is almost certainly only doing it for the millions and millions of dollars that they gave him to do it. Yeah. He really and, didn't. <laughs> well, I, and I, I, in general, I don't really like Jimmy Kimmel. I think he's annoying, but I, uh, at least appreciate that he open <laughs> that is very open about how much he doesn't want to be there. <laughs> Dude, my favorite bit. I mean, it was almost like a, it was almost like a Norm Macdonald thing or something. It was like this weird, anti-comedy where he was telling like the worst dad jokes imaginable that were just bombing and it was like on purpose i think he oh yeah no i think so did you see all this stuff about malala (laughs) no i did not so malala was an attendance um Mm -hmm. human rights icon yes (laughs) he went up and started making jokes to her and he was like, we love you here. We love Malala land. And just like <laughs> all this other stuff that was like really dumb, but really funny, dude. I mean, I like 
laughed out loud, honestly, at how stupid it was. And I think that was the point. Yeah. What if, yeah. you know, I think, <laughs> I mean, imagine if it was like the man show era, Jimmy Kimmel, <laughs> like him and Adam Carolla hosting <laughs> the Oscars. to be like edgy. Yeah. They're like in blackface. <laughs> they have like 19 year old co-eds in string bikinis presenting the awards. It's just funny how, how 180 he went, you know? Yeah. Well, you kind of have to. You got to adapt. It's also funny how he claims that that show was satirical. <laughs> yeah. It's like, okay, man. <laughs> it's like, no, dude, you're just a fat guy with money who likes girls. It's okay. <laughs> you're just a fat dweeb. With yeah. Millions of dollars that yep. a studio gave you uh, to pay, you know, 19-year-old girls to show their tits or whatever. Uh, good times. But yeah, I like how he's like a woke dad now. It's fun. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Big Disney shill. Love it. Do you want to do you want to talk about Ghost Dog or or is that we <laughs> yeah, too far yeah. gone? <laughs> no, I can talk about Ghost Dog. I can talk about Ghost Dog any day. So yes. Robbie, we the last time we did an episode in true fashion of the show, we were like, "Hey, we're doing this new thing." And then we didn't record for a long time. Yeah. So we're doing a thing where uh we trade off picking movies that we both watch uh each week and then we, so we both can talk about them. Uh, I wasn't even sure if you had actually watched Ghost Dog, so I thought, oh, we'll just do the thing about martyrs. But let's talk about Ghost Dog. I fucking love this movie. You've never seen it. Uh, okay, so tell, here, tell us about I Ghost think, Dog. Yeah, so here's the thing. As I was watching it, more of the movie kept looking more and more familiar, especially the end. So when we lived together, you must have watched it at some point, and I must have caught the end, because like the last like 15 minutes, I knew. Yeah, so. probably. So yeah, I must have seen part of it at some point when you and I lived together. What you probably, uh, you probably came home and I was drunk watching Ghost Dog. <laughs> probably, as one does. Yeah. What a what a fucking strange, delightful movie Ghost Dog is. It's it is, great. It's like it's like if uh, the professional like didn't creep you out, you know. <laughs> it's like it's, Leon the Professional without all the pedophilia. Yeah, without all the uncomfortable stuff. <laughs> By the way, um, a new, a new. Um, I don't know if it's an official or a staffer, but just quickly here, somebody that's yeah. new working for Matt Gates that said uh, he needs a woman who looks like she's been beaten a few times. Um, he also has a quote. I think this was a tweet where he said he wishes Natalie Portman could have stayed eleven. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> So that's that's the party that protects children, <laughs> oh, ladies and gentlemen. My God, <laughs> he thinks Natalie Portman peaked physically <laughs> when she was eleven. She was hotter when she was eleven. Oh my God! Yeah, I read that, and that was upsetting. That was that is, yeah, simultaneously extremely upsetting and also hilarious. I think because it's so fucked up, like it's. Yeah, it's so far cross sprints past the line. <laughs> yeah, I, can't, like, I can't help but fucking laugh at it. It's so not cool that it's a little funny. Oh, well, because I mean, it sounds like, you know, an edgy joke that somebody would throw into like a comedy special or whatever. But it's being said genuinely. Yeah. Sounds like it sounds seem. like somebody reading James Gunn's MySpace page again. <laughs> <laughs> somebody found his old tweets. Yeah, there's always a tweet about um pedophilia and stuff uh all right anyways let's talk let's talk about ghost dog which is delightful and not 
just terrible to think about. Um, <laughs> tell us about Ghost Dog and your thoughts on Ghost Dog, Robbie. Ghost Dog is a movie that follows the titular Ghost Dog who uh, <laughs> becomes a hitman. What a sentence. The titular Ghost Dog. <laughs> Played by Forrest Whitaker, uh, who is saved by a stereotypical Italian mobster, which I love those guys. We'll get to that. Yeah. Um, this guy saves him. He is basically like, you know, I owe you a debt uh, and becomes like a, a highly skilled, effective hitman, and uh, works for this guy. And he lives on a roof in this shitty little shack and raises carrier pigeons, which is how he communicates <laughs> with the, the mobster guy. And his best friend is uh, uh, Haitian, I assume, because he. Uh, I guess he could be French. They don't ever really say, but he, it's a. Uh, this guy who speaks French. Can't remember the actor's name, but you've seen him in a bunch of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they can't understand a word each other says, but they're best friends. And he gives them free ice cream, and they play chess together. <laughs> so delightful! It's such a fucking weird, great movie. And uh, what is it? The he gets hired to to kill a member of this sort of mob group because he's dating the boss's daughter. Uh, he kills the guy in front of the boss's daughter. And so now the boss is like, well now ghost dog, ghost dog has to die. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, his mobster friend is kind of trying to protect him and trying to like figure a way to get out of it. And yeah, uh, ultimately ghost dog just kills everybody. <laughs> yeah. And it fucking rules. <laughs> Oh, it's so sad that the, he had to put a hit on Ghost Dog and he didn't want to. I know. Um, I, I love know. this. I fucking adore this movie, dude. Every time it's I so think good. about it, I love it more and more. Uh, it's just like, so just bizarre. Yeah. <laughs> it's so unabashedly weird. I love it. Yeah. It's just, and like you said, it's like so weirdly delightful and uh, like touching. <laughs> and it's like, touching. Know, dude. It's, it's funny. Yeah. Uh, and graphically violent. So. There, this yeah. is a good combination of things, and even even the bad guys are so likable. Yeah, like, they're like they're all these like dumpy old Italian dudes in Jersey. <laughs> yeah, and there's the the mob that's portrayed in this movie is like so. St- I mean, it's almost like a parody of a mobster. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I'd be like, yeah, the the guys. Even though the movie takes place in whenever it was made, the early yeah. late nineties, early two thousands. Yeah. Uh the all the guys are dressed like it's 1970 but they're all like 50 to 70 years old. <laughs> yeah. And they're wearing like Cosby sweaters and they're all like fat and like just look like a bunch of dorks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's funny. Um Well, one thing you didn't mention in the plot is that Ghost Dog um he's he's one of those like killers with a heart of gold type characters but befriends a child yeah he's a he's a father figure and like or like an older brother figure but the thing about ghost dog is that um he follows the code of the samurai yes hence the name of the movie that's the the name of the movie and he practices uh like samurai arts on his rooftop and <laughs> with the katana yeah. it's it's uh, there's a great scene of just you know fat forest whitaker <laughs> doing cool sword moves on a roof he's so next amazing to a this- pigeon coop <laughs> but he's so amazing in this fucking movie oh no he's incredible he's amazing he's so dog. good 
Yeah, I love Ghost. Yeah, Star. I just I want to make it clear that anything I say about this movie that makes it sound like I like it, ironically, I don't. I genuinely love this movie. I also one of my other favorite things is that when Ghost Dog steals a car, he pulls out one of those binders of CDs and just yeah, listens and just to RZA. Puts in, yeah. <laughs> Which is another thing. The the, yeah. the fucking music of this movie is amazing. The soundtrack is by RZA, and then there's also yeah. a lot of like old school hip hop that they throw into Ghost Dog whenever he steals a car. Yeah, pops yeah. out a CD, kind of peruses through, gets gets one for the mood, puts it in. So it's there's a really great soundtrack and score. What I love, yeah, I have I actually have the soundtrack on vinyl. Uh nice. it's amazing. And um which is funny because like I don't usually like get that into hip hop. I think it just works so well in the movie. It's like, it's one of those movies that has like the perfect soundtrack and score. Yeah. Um, and I love the thing about the CDs. It's almost like that's something that would be a meta joke in a movie today. Cause like you think of like drive or Tarantino where it's like this moody atmospheric thing with like the perfect song accompanying it. And it's right. like the cool hero. And yeah, it's just Forrest, Forrest Whitaker's sausage fingers scrolling through <laughs> a CD binder, finding the right soundtrack for him driving around doing assassin <laughs> stuff. And I love it. It's amazing. And it works. It it has no reason to work, but it works. It's like such a... Yep. And that's the other thing is like, the movie is funny, but it's not like a, a joke. It's like taken seriously. It's almost like Leon. It's like the professional. It's like this weird, irreverent tone. Yeah. Even when, and then serious stuff does happen and like scary stuff, like real, you know, violence happens and things, but the characters are kind of quirky and irreverent and, uh, very like human characters. Yeah. Um, even if the world is like a little bit heightened, uh, around them. Well, yeah. Like a lot of them have these sort of like stock traits that are like, that like yeah. define them. Right. So you like immediately know, that each character is like personality instantaneously. Right. Absolutely. And yeah, his relationship with the guy that owns the ice cream truck is, is great. They play chess and yeah, there's this great thing where the, one of them will say something like what they're trying to do. And then the other one will immediately repeat, Oh, I think he's saying this. Yeah. <laughs> and they can't, yeah. In their own but language. It's awesome. Yeah. yeah. It's really great. Um, you know, or he'll say something. Yeah, like the French guy. They'll they're like hanging out on a roof, looking at this guy building a boat on his roof. <laughs> they're like, "How is he gonna get it down?" <laughs> yeah, that's another funny subplot. Is there's a guy across the street building a boat on his roof, <laughs> and uh, they're up there, and he's like, you know, the French guy turns to Ghost Dog and is like, "So somebody like, oh, I guess you have to go now." And Ghost Dog just kind of looks at him blankly because he doesn't speak French. And then he goes, you know, the, the sun's going down and that's always when you leave. So you have to go. And he's and then Ghost Dog goes, yeah, well, you know, the sun's going down. So I got to yeah. leave. Uh, <laughs> and shit yeah. like that happens all the time. Yeah, it's really good. I would love and this is weird to say because I don't watch a lot of anime, but I would love to see like a follow up anime series or something to this. You know, like it just it kind of has that style, especially with the samurai stuff. It I does. Think. I think I think it would translate very well into that medium. Yeah, or, like the yeah, story like broadly, I, I think could. Yeah, you could almost have like an Animatrix type spinoff set in this world. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they, yes, Just, we need the Ghost Dog cinematic universe, the yeah, GDCU. I, I love it. I love Ghost Dog. It's and it's so sad when he dies at the end. 
because uh, it means Indeed. there's no more ghost dog. And he's he has like a, such a, a a tragic noble death. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's weird how similar it is to the professional because yeah, he takes care of this kid, becomes like a paternal figure, and then ultimately dies to give the kid a better life. Uh, and and you know what? Or we could just get a sequel like thirty years later because he gives the kid his what is it? The Harry, not the Harry Carey. What's it? <laughs> Harry Carey. That's a dance move I did at the prom. Uh, (laughs) What's the fucking book, dude? The samurai book. Harakui. (laughs) I don't know. I'm just (laughs) making like insensitive racist noises. Um, The topo. The (laughs) The topo chico. The (laughs) (laughs) he studies the topo chico. Yeah, he gives gives the kid the fucking book about samurai code. Yeah, yeah, the 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 samurai code. Yeah. The Nobu, the Nobu, the Nobu Tabuki or whatever the fuck. <laughs> the Bukaki pamphlet. That's what he gives him. <laughs> gives the kid the Bukaki. What you reading there, kid? Yeah, I'm studying Bukaki. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's foul. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's good stuff. That's right. Good. I study the blade. I know Bukaki. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Oh, dude, the the best part of this movie that I can't believe we almost didn't bring up yeah. is when he after he kills somebody, he like takes his he puts his gun in like he's uh, sheathing a sword. <laughs> yeah. And he like does these like flips with his hand, but he's not flipping the gun. He just moves his hand in like a figure eight and then puts it in the holster. <laughs> yeah. And it's amazing. And he does like the cross draw like you would with a samurai sword. Yeah, it's fantastic. And he holds his gun as if it's a sword. And yeah, it's just so great. And like, again, like he it's like not, makes his own silencers and yeah, he like builds. Does he build a gun or is it just a silencer? I don't remember. Uh, I don't remember if he builds a gun. He might. He's got some schematics in his. Yeah. Shack. I mean, I know he like disassembles some of his guns to like, I think, transport them. I don't remember if he straight up builds one, though. Yeah, he might. I thought I think, I think I there thought, is. This, I think there is a scene where they show him building a, a silencer the first time. I think he also is building a gun. Yeah. I think he took guns apart and like built a new one or something. Yeah. Like, like it was a lightsaber. <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> but yeah, I love that. And it's not, it's not silly in the movie. It's like fucking cool when he does. Yeah. It. <laughs> no, it, it all works. This, this like, and let's th- think about this movie too, is that like, it would also be the perfect movie for like the weird nerds that sat at the lunch table next to you that like, you yeah. never wanted to associate with. <laughs> yeah. They would love this movie. It's got something for everyone. It really does. It's got a kick-ass soundtrack. It's got a fucking awesome Forrest Whitaker performance, which we love. Um, again, just this fucking fat <laughs> dude that lives in a chicken coop who's a <laughs> badass samurai assassin. And it's but just, with a gun. With a gun, yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, they pulled it off way better than Boz Lerman did with the, <laughs> yeah. with the gun as a sword thing. Um yeah, it's, and also it's awesome. like everyone, like all the mobsters are just like watching Looney Tunes. Yeah, they watch but, like, cartoons. Tom and all Jerry the all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's <laughs> what a fucking fucking Jim Jarmusch, man. And then yeah. so and then the movie culminates in a badass shootout at the mobsters mansion where Ghost Dog rolls in and uh, just fucking kills everybody there. And it's awesome. And that's the other thing is like the action's really good. Uh, it is. It's straightforward. It's just a shootout. But like the way he goes through the house and everything. And yeah, he has his samurai thing with the gun. 
and just like blows everybody away efficiently and just casually leaves. It's just cool. Just fucking cool. And then ultimately, if I'm remembering it right, he, um, so yeah, he's tracked down like in the area where, like in his neighborhood, basically. And it's kind of like gives up, right? Yeah, pretty much. Cause he, he knows that now the guy he had been working with is going to have to like kill him to like fully settle everything with the family basically. Right. And so he, yeah, he's basically just accepts, uh, his fate. Yeah. To help, to help out the mobster basically yeah. who he owed a life debt to anyways. And yeah, that's the other thing is like the, they do have a nice relationship kind of like it's, it's weird. It's antagonistic a little bit, but also there is this respect and ghost dog sees this guy as a paternal figure as well. And so he ultimately lets him kill him so that his life isn't fucked up. And so it's basically just like, I have, I have to die to just end all this bullshit. Yeah. It's basically, you know, you saved my life. Now I'm going to save yours. Yeah. Essentially. Very noble. And then he, he is upset that he had to do it, which is nice. Nice. little Yeah. Yep. I'd be upset too. If somebody said, Hey, you have to kill ghost dog or else I just kill myself. Yep. Yep. <laughs> just end it all right there. Ghost dog is a treasure. Ghost dog must be protected at all costs. Dude. He's a <laughs> fucking national treasure. Um, and yeah, so the movie, the movie kind of came and went under the radar. I, don't, I doubt it made any money. Fucking 90s, Probably not. 90s did, did Jim Jarmusch. Yeah. yeah shit. <laughs> um, and Forrest Whitaker wasn't like a huge star at the time. Uh, was well received critically, but yeah, just kind of a bomb, whatever. And then kind of gained a small cult following. And then finally, um, Criterion put it out on Blu-ray, thankfully. So I, ca- I finally got to upgrade from the shitty ass DVD from Artisan Entertainment. <laughs> yeah, I got a nice collector's edition, which it deserves because nice. it's fucking awesome. And then yeah. I forgot I forgot who put out the vinyl of the soundtrack. Um, but that was cool. That was like a new remaster thing on like 180 gram or whatever. Pretty sick. Right. Pretty sick stuff. Cool, Robbie. Well, back to you for next week. Are yes, you going to punish me for fucking martyrs or what? <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know how I would do that, to be honest. Yeah, I don't know. I can't. Make you, maybe I'll finally make you watch X-Men Origins Wolverine. Or the Spirit. <laughs> That'll be your yeah, the spirit. That'll be your atonement. That's how. <laughs> that's how I transcend. I sit through the spirit. Uh, no, I want to. If we're if that's going to happen, I need to be there, and we need yeah. to be drunk. I need to be there. I need to be there. I need to watch you suffer. I need to guide you. See so your dumbass or... transcend. You fuck. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Aggressive. Yeah. All right. Cool. Well, we got anything else to talk about here? I don't want to talk about these fucking idiot politicians. This now nah, let's get out of here. All right. Cool. Well, thanks everyone for listening. Uh, thanks for joining me, Robbie. Thanks for suffering. Um, <laughs> yeah, I no had, problem. Hey, I, I, uh, I had such sights to show you. If you know what you I mean, boy, did ya? Cool. Well, we're gonna get the fuck out of here. If you like this and you want to hear more, you can tune in same time next week wherever you just heard us.